Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Catching Foxes as It Should Be. My soul is healed. <laughs> My soul is healed. I, I... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Am Man. I right? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. A bear is They are habitat. back. You're darn right, Beth Ann. You're darn right. Okay, so they can. Okay, you guys can chat. You got, uh, excellent. So we're doing something fun. We're on. Uh, we use a platform when we do interviews called Riverside, and we found out that uh, you can broadcast live. And so we're doing this for our, our patrons. Uh, is it for a certain tier and up, or, or is it just for anyone who's on there? Uh, everyone who's a Patreon supporter. So, so everyone who's a Patreon supporter yeah. has access to this right now, and you yourself can become a Patreon mm-hmm. if you enjoyed Up Catching Foxes at one point in time at patreon.com slash CF, where you get such rewards as good intentions and access to a Discord. <laughs> and sometimes follow through. <laughs> sometimes is, is, you know, yeah. Hey, my friend. It's a relative term. How are you? It's good to see you, man. It's good man, to see you. I am exhausted. Uh, well, hey, exhausted. is there any other way to do this show? No, no. But I'll tell you what, I'm excited to be here with you. Your voice, your mannerisms, everything about you. It's it's interesting how natural this is coming right now to me. Like, I was a little bit nervous. It's been it's been a hot minute. Yeah. So it has been a hot minute. Um, Too hot. Yeah. Yeah. But man, we are sorry. I'm just pulling up the notes. Make sure I have access to that. Maybe I'll do the thing. Where I do the little splits, little little split screen action. Let's see if I can dude. Uh I have I'm in my new home office, which is a little wonky because ev- I don't have books in here yet. I just got a couple books. I mean I got like a hundred, but uh all those shelves are supposed to be full of books. <laughs> and uh they are not. So that makes me very, very sad. But um and it's super echoey. So I gotta I can I'm gonna put up a whole wall. I can, can kind of tell that it's that it's echoey. Yeah. Are you yeah, I'm gonna put up a whole wall right here because it's all hard surfaces. In my old office, it was all carpeted and I had mm-hmm. this thing full of books and all this stuff. It absorbs a lot of sound yeah, here. Yeah, books really do. It's pretty awful. Oh man, here we go. Here we go. Look at us. You guys can see this is what it's actually like. Just a lot of pausing. Hence the sorry, I needed to turn the uh, yeah, need to turn the noise gate off. It was driving me nuts. So uh, you're back, man. Hey, how you doing? Back. How you feeling? How was Notre Good. Dame? Notre Dame was very fun. Uh, <laughs> I preloaded that. I spent so much time. Can I tell you the, uh, Can I tell you the most catching foxes thing I did while I was, while I was there? Please, this is very on brand. You might say that the most catching foxes thing I did was just pop in on an interview and contribute har- hardly anything. And still cash that Patreon check. But what's even more catching Fox? Oh, I know it. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's split evenly. <laughs> I did the math. <laughs> oh, I know it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, but I did. I have Excel spreadsheets. Um, so uh, <laughs> we are off to a wonderful start. <laughs> okay, so I... So what's the most catching Fox's um, thing? So did? we finished up, and we and, uh, we all go, hey, we're cool as hell. Let's go to a bar. So there's a bar in Notre Dame called The Linebacker. It is mm. right off of campus, right? Uh, probably it might even be like... Our Airbnb was probably about a mile walk to uh, the College of Mendoza, which is right next to the football field. And this is like... Basically, you can walk to there from a football uh, game. It's called The Linebacker. You walk in, you pay five bucks, you get like a red card for a free, a free domestic draft, which was wonderful. I barely paid for anything because they were just taking just cards everywhere. 
And I just think they make their money off the charge, I would assume, and whoever pays for the things like that, which you're pouring yourself right now. So anyways, um, so this bar is like a big deal at, um, at Notre Dame, so much so that when people have a wedding on campus, after the reception, they, they often end up at the bar. Like the bride is there, the groom's there, the whole party's there, the bride's in her wedding dress. It's a whole thing. The bar That's floor awesome. is That's repulsive. Awesome. It's just like a think like a like a nice tile floor as you like walk into a house. Remember that it has a, like like a nice tile, not like a kitchen tile, but then I don't, I'm sure there's a specific name for it that Dean and Wade are going to be mad at me for forgetting. But <laughs> listen, just, travertine, Luke, yeah. wake so, up and get civilized, you Philistine. It's just a, a disgusting floor. Mm. So much so mm. that people have like when you're in college, you have what's called your linebacker shoes or your backer shoes. So it's called the backer. It opens, it closes at three, which we did not know. And uh, we, we, we closed the bar down and I did two things while I was there. So you get these 32 ounce drinks. And at one point in time, I'm sitting there having this beer and we're all uh, dancing. And I just think I'm drinking a warm yingling. What is this? During the course of this <laughs> night, there are two things that I did. One was I walked over to a group of college guys and I just randomly go, this is as good as it gets. Never leave. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. Okay. And then I did nice. this. So I'm at the bar because like the bar, just, I mean, I, I, you would not believe how packed this bar was. I mean, it was also, I'll just send you a bit. I have tons of pictures and videos. It was just wall to wall college kids and people who are in town for this for this wedding i mean it is like it's very obvious the bars in town that are not a notre dame bar because there's no notre dame stuff in there they do not want to be that this is leaning hard into that obviously so it's called the <laughs> it line notre dame all the time so <laughs> it's okay so i've already told one one uh group of college kids that this is as good as it gets don't ever leave and then i'm talking to this other guy at, at the bar and he's like a 30 or something and i'm like okay i was like are you catholic he goes yeah i'm like okay so you have a girlfriend he goes yeah and then i go do you love her and he goes yeah and i'm like you need to marry her then like you just need to marry her it's really <laughs> really good like you need to like up your game you need to marry her it's a, it's like you know a vocation and i feel like he was kind of like yeah and then i stopped and i was like <laughs> damn it this is the most luke thing ever <laughs> I told someone to live their vocation, and I told people, never leave college. This is as good as it gets. (laughs) This might be a little contradictory. I'm telling you to do one thing that contradicts another. However, I believe that if you, too, become an RA, you can live your marriage and also never leave college. That's how Michael Gormley met Shannon Rock. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, we were at – so we closed the bar down. They always end the bar with, they always end the night with that fight song. At one point in time, the lights just come on. I'm like, okay, I guess we're almost done. And we, we're leaving at three in the morning. I am drenched in sweat, just drenched in sweat. I feel bad for the people in my Beautiful. group because I just look like a sweaty mess, but everyone Ugh. is. And we were like, Ugh. they they played um, a piano man. We all like got in like a circle and like hugged. And I was like, oh, whoever's hugging <laughs> me right now does not want to be doing that. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm just, this a, person just like, like oh, my shirt okay. is a different shade of gray in some of the pictures. And yeah. so me and my buddies, uh, Dave and Marty, we're walking back to the bar. I'm sorry. We're, we're walking back to our, Air, our Airbnb. And I'm just like, oh, it's hot outside. And I've, like, lost a little bit of weight. I'm trying to get in, in, into shape again. I immediately just go, well, I can take off my shirt then. <laughs> so we're walking back. <laughs> and then we're, so you see, like, these three men in their 30s and early 40s just, like, walking back shirtless at 3.30 in the morning. Um, listening to, and one's got DJ Pogo playing on his phone. Nice. You know, it reminds me of your wedding when your sister 
wanted to dance with me. And I'm like, oh, you don't want to do that. And she's like, what? Why? Because I had been dancing nonstop in the high school cafeteria. <laughs> and uh, I go, oh, oh, you don't want to dance with me. And then she goes, come on. And she put her arm around my back. And she's like, oh, my God. you're. Did you go into a dunk tank? And I'm like, it's hot. And I was sweaty. And uh, I don't know what's going on. And I haven't been well hydrated. And I drink a lot of beer. And you know what? How dare you judge me? I am as God made me. You wore an all jeans outfit one time. <laughs> you wore a solid <laughs> denim jumpsuit that was skin tight to a Stella. What was that? We uh, were in Stella's common room playing Battle guys versus girls yeah. card Battle of the Sexes. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, senior in high school, <laughs> Luke's sister. Can you not wait till college? This is what we do here. You don't want to go here. Okay, fair okay. enough. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, no, but yeah. um, it was good. It was a good experience. I learned a lot of good stuff. Love my marketing uh, course. Love the finance course. Uh, the finance teacher was just awesome. So was the marketing guy. I tried very hard to not just ask him a thousand questions about Apple. I asked three. <laughs> Wait, where was this at? Uh, the University of Notre Dame, the greatest, uh, <laughs> uh, the greatest uh, Catholic college in the world. You may have heard of it. Second greatest. Oh, and I sat in Father Ted Hesburgh's desk. Who's that? Uh, see, that's oh, you kidding me? He's like the guy that made Notre Dame, Notre Dame at one point in time, probably the most popular Catholic in the country. He was the president of, of the more school. than Sheen. I would say probably. <laughs> when was that? Uh, yeah. When was that? Like he was president of the school from 1957 to 1987. Then he was president of uh, t- until like 2013. He died 2015. He's like 98 or something. Uh, he marched with, he, and the picture of Dr. King when he's next to a priest and they're like arms across because they're doing Oh, something. yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's him. That's him. Yeah. And he may have started the whole um, Land of Lakes thing. Anyways, so good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I know. The, it's like the lame part, the unrecognizable part of the girl from Ipanema. And you like... <laughs> It's like, what? what is it? And then like 30 <laughs> seconds into it, you're like, oh, that's girl from Eva Eva. That's awesome. Damn uh, it, I put the wrong part on there. I, I, they were going to, they didn't talk about the Lena Lakes thing, but if they were going to dur- during the tour, I was just going to go, boo, like that, but I did it. <laughs> and this is where people sign the Lena Lakes agreement. Boo. <laughs> and now let's take a moment to talk to our friends over at BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include fatigue, lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, and more. Now, let's be honest. Many of us have been there, especially in the last two years. So what we need to do is recognize that maybe, just maybe, our lack of motivation isn't because we aren't getting enough cardio. It might be because we are, in fact, burned out. We often associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feeling burned out, and BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, online therapy wants to remind you to prioritize your own mental and emotional health. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. If this is you, if you feel trapped in your life in any way, I would wholeheartedly recommend you getting personal counseling. Therapy can help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. 
Catching Foxes listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. Thanks to our friends over at BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. There's a really interesting thing. There's a book that I have downstairs. And uh, it is a really awesome book because I'm about to do a Theology of the Body thing at my church. And it is a uh, – so I'm doing all this reading. Ab- Abigail Favale, like her book, Genesis of Gender, is incredible. But I'm doing all this reading. Weird. Uh, one of the books is called um, Un- huh? yeah. I'll, I'll, Do you remember that? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. And so the this other book, I, I bought like a dozen books. And one of them is called Unraveling Gender by Dr. John Grabowski. Mm-hmm. And he's at Catholic University of America. And if you don't know this, when Pope Paul VI wrote Humane Vitae, the day it was released, there was like two or three hundred priests and theologians and you know in the words of some people he they dared the bishops to do or say something as they went into open defiance against humani vitae and now all of these years later it's a rigorously and devoutly catholic school in their theology department and um dr john grabowski was the chair of some catholic moral theologians group and he said let's i want to host the 50th anniversary of humani vitae at uh catholic university and he had this great line he said i don't know if there's a real thing called institutional penance he's talking to the president of the university he goes but we need to do it and so they did they hosted this conference like honoring saint pope paul the sixth huh that's interesting whatever i think yeah i just thought that was super interesting yeah yeah it was um but actually the more i've learned about father hesburgh the more i'm like wow this is actually a really important dude it was actually his office was super cool i loved on his desk, uh, so he, his office was in the library when he, I think, while he was president, was, I don't know if it was while he was president, but while he was president, emeritus, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce that second part. Uh, em- emeritus? Emeritus, that's it. I was John a blank. Uh, and so, uh, Latin. He, uh, uh, on his desk, with just these really cool, like, icons, these tiny, and I, it was just, it was cool to see how how he had his office and stuff, and he had, he had, um, nice. he had a chapel in there, so I went in there for a bit, and um, I prayed for him, and uh, just prayed Thanksgiving for the school and just how great of experience it's been. And yeah, I learned that's a so lot. nice. Contrast that with what I did. I went to the mothership. Uh, how's, the how is the old mother? Play the Stu oh uh, theme song, which is just Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. <laughs> Behold the Lamb. No, not that one. Behold uh, the is... Lamb. The Lamb once was slain. He was crucified. Boris oh, and yeah, Tebow. That's a good yeah, point. you know, that one. Because so, Bob Rice uh, like wrote the new Umphite song, and yeah. it's got a real Bob Rice. I mean, I like, I, I love it. It's perfect. It's just like definitely written by mm-hmm. by Bob Rice. I mean, that in the best. That, way. And that was for that summer camp or the summer summer camp. It's where we'll I had my conversion. conference right next. Yeah, it was, Aww, a, that was a big deal. Bless your heart. Yeah, I was there with Father Dan Hess and um with Sean Ader. It was pretty awesome. And I saw Katie Bumstead. I forgot her real name. She came up. And she's like, I listen to you and Luke all the time. Thank you so much. Oh, that's and, awesome. You know, all that stuff. And I was like, tell Jackie I said hi and all that good stuff. So uh, it was uh, it was fun. It was fun being on campus. But I got to hang out with the president. Oh, uh, how Dave is he? Pavanka. Well, uh, not good because the. Not like us. No, no, no. So they're building a like big building thing. I, I think it was a conference. I don't know what it is. They're, they're building a building. And it's right near the field house. And so they're what? clearing out all this, all the grass on the hill. Uh, all the stuff that never, ever goes used. They're finally doing something with it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's not just a green space um, there, there for the brothers to run lot. around in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anywho, so uh, I saw him at 9 o'clock in the morning because the whole conference got delayed on Sunday by 30 minutes. 
because there was these insane thunderstorms. Oh, yeah. Like, I haven't oh, heard I in a long that. time. Yeah. And it flooded the field house. <gasps> no way. Yeah, at four in the morning. And oh, he was there at, like, five. Cordon, I mean, you know, obviously the physical plant people, they yeah, were incredible. Yeah. They were there at four, pushing water out, mopping the floors. The basement got flooded. Oh, it gosh. was just, it was nuts. It was nuts. So, um, now, Francisco. we had to delay everything. Donate. Yeah, yeah. We had to delay everything by 30 minutes. But other than that, the the freaking facilities people just crushed it. And got That's it all, awesome. All dried up. So, it was uh, fun. I was listening to the, uh, his podcast. Man, I'm going to be a little bit off, everyone. I was listening. Oh, Luke, are you, are you tired? No, I'm good. What? Wait, no, are you are you tired? Yes. Oh, son of a... So tired. <gasps> oh, here it goes. Here it goes. So sleepy. <laughs> I was like, why isn't it playing? Oh, because <laughs> there's like 12 seconds of nothing. <laughs> oh, I love this song. Oh, there's so much non... <laughs> no, just, just enjoy. Just enjoy. Where the... do you look tired? <laughs> you shot I was so excited about you coming on. I immediately oh uploaded all this stuff to the thing. I was like, Luke will think I'm funny. <laughs> Go out to your car. You, you can, can do it in a jiffy. I love how hey. it's about doing cocaine. And you you were just like, yeah. I'm tired. It's like, Luke, it's about doing coke. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, whatever gets you oh, going. That's I love. All right, let's go. You have topics for us. I've got some classic Luke stuff going on. Hey, stuff has been going on. Uh, Can we do something that's not in there and just talk very quickly about the MCU and just what's what's going on? That's in there. Marvel problem number one. Oh, that's oh well. Then never mind. Let's do the most catching foxes thing ever. Um, So, Gilmer, what happens after the gimmick is done? Oh, the gimmick is done. The the gimmick is is done. So I want to talk a little bit about okay. Uh, just culture, and there's this wonderful quote that if I were a real podcaster, I would have researched and have it uh, ready to go. It was from the Catholic Stuff You Should Know episode on, I don't think it's Balthasar. I think it's the Anima Technique of Echo when they first introduced that whole idea. Okay. And he, um, the one of the priests who was on it, he, he gives us them, they're basically talk, talking about like the emptiness of like our tech culture. Again, tech being that what matters is what you do, not who you are and how we right, can just right, have a right. tech problem, not like technology. The tech, our current technology is a symptom of this. And so anyways, uh, or a result, uh, he, there's this priest on there who talks about how like God forgives man does something and nature revolts. And okay. basically they are saying that like people's at the end of their like, like your your body, like your mind, your heart is going to revolt against the emptiness of 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 that. And I started to think about a thing that's that's happening right now that's just really interesting. Which is, um, have you heard about the streaming wars and what's actually happening right now? No. So it's really it's really really interesting. Um, so obviously, we, you've heard of people talked about how the how um, um how Netflix stock dropped a lot because they lost subscribers and whatnot. And uh, there's this thing that happened a couple of weeks ago. There's a podcast I like called The Town. It's going to be a bit much, but it's basically it's like short 20 minutes on what's going on in Hollywood that day. But it's more like not like this film's out. It's, it's more about the business side. It's really interesting. And they talked about they had they had an episode called Is This Peak TV? 
And the idea behind it was there's so much content being released that people don't even know anymore what's going on. And on that point in time, they said there's some people who are saying this is probably the most content that will ever be released at once. And what's happening is there's so much that people don't even know what to watch. So stuff isn't getting watched because people don't even know what's there or how to get it because it's there are just so many options and it's all and it's all over the place. And what's actually happening are people are actually starting to cancel and kind of tune it all out. Ooh, and I okay. Wonder, so it's overload. People are backing it, off from the it, overload. Exactly. So it's not that people don't like streaming. They're still cutting the cord and going to and mm-hmm. going to streaming, but they're not getting as many things as they had in the past, or they're not engaging with it. Yeah. And there's Let just me think. Right now I have Amazon Prime Video. I have mm-hmm. Disney Plus. I have Netflix. I have an Apple TV. So I have the Apple TV shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I have Warrior Poet Society. <laughs> I have YouTube what TV. What is that? What is that? What? Warrior what? Poets. Warrior Poet Society? Yeah. Uh, well, um, no, it's the it's guy out of Atlanta. He's a former Army Ranger. He teaches self-defense gun stuff. And my wife wouldn't let me get a gun until I trained with it. So I watched, and I had my her and me and her watched all the videos of it but the guy's a good christian dude and he, he actually they make this show that's like the office where it's like a mockumentary you know like a fake documentary heard of it and um but they make these really funny episodes and my kids can watch them so they're family friendly so we watch them but some of it's weird and i'm you know there's not a lot there there but uh for pistol one and two um i, I you know i learn more doing that than anything else other than at the range so uh, but I don't live by my crazy neighbors anymore, so everything's okay. <laughs> so you haven't touched it in months, I would assume. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I have. <laughs> That's funny you say that. After we moved, I made a point to like, okay, we're going to put it here. I'm going to do this. Because I used to do every single day. I would. T- That's going to sound weird, but I would touch it every day because I need to get, I need to keep the feel of like, what does a gun feel like and all this stuff because I never touch guns. And so, uh, but now <laughs> it's in my closet, my bedroom, super accessible, but I like never, never, super, access, super never. accessible to any child, anyone who wants it. It's right there. Yeah. It's uh, in a locked box. Loaded and ready But the kids to have the code. I mean, I want them to know <laughs> like how to handle themselves. <laughs> so, uh, there's an article that I read from, um, mediaplaynews.com and it talks about how, uh, one of the things that's going on is, of course, there's there's the price that is starting to in, increase, but it's actually too many options. And they said how half the people that they they um, uh, Horowitz did um, a survey uh, where they found that half the people who responded said there are too many services, and then around um forty nine percent said it's, it's hard to know which shows on what, and yet um forty four percent they often have a hard time trying to find um something to to watch at all. Which is interesting that it's coming at this point in time where people, or there's never been more out there to watch. We've never had more content than right now, and good content. Like yeah, it's well, good and stuff. Thing, yeah, yeah. And I think there's this sort of I'm starting to see this thing where it's mm-hmm. like the gimmick is going a little bit too far. And you, we, well, you let me ask about you this. this. Oh, sorry. You can, no, no, go. Sorry. No, no, you go. No, no, you go. You go. No, you, I love <laughs> no, you. No, no, see, no, no, the no, problem no. with using Riverside is there's like a half a second delay, and that uh, half second's the world. Who, um. But I will say this. What if Apple, for their services, that is probably the least of them all, because they make really high-quality stuff. Mm -hmm. What if they did this thing where, like, Netflix had its own channel on cable? 
and Apple had its own channel. Oh, wait, we're just reproducing cable. Like, they're all making their own things. And it's like, all this stuff can coexist on one channel, homies. Right? Like, Netflix well, can have their children's stuff in the morning, their more adult stuff in the evening. That's you know, actually like, what they do in France. So out in France, oh, really? people, yeah, they want a – people tend to like apparently more uh, scheduled content to know mm. that this is coming on at 9. So that's what they're doing. Because, you know, they're finding actually like some people um, – I think you hear sometimes how uh, on the Netflix is now like they're leaning hard in to India. And there was I – think, I think this is actually pretty cool. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, shows like Squid Games. I never um, watched it, but I've heard it was great. Like there's more international shows – ever but certain they're not making as big of a dent in places like mm. india as it may seem and they've had to adjust how they distribute their programming based upon how people in those other countries like to consume content and Interesting. i think something that's going on in the states are people are slowly kind of starting to tune out a bit because it's just too much and i do think part of it is a reaction to things like binging and and other things where there's only so much the human heart, the human mind, and, and like, to be honest, the body can take before it's like, get me out of here. Like, I yeah. can't do this anymore. This is just too much. Because it's not that hard to find what's on what. Like, you just do a Google search. Right. But after a while, it's just like, am I, con- if you, like, you feel almost like you're just a cog in this machine, I think. And so, like, right now, I only have, I really, I probably only watch HBO Max. I've been watching The Sopranos. Oh, I have shot. HBO Max too because of my. I get it for free because of my AT and T fiber internet. Oh, oh, I wish I had that. Um, but and I would like to. Oh, have, it's awesome, man! St- I can go up to five gigs. Look at you, big city living. Nice. Nice. Uh, and I, I just think there's kind of this sort of. Um, I just think people are going to. I th- even if you don't know what's going on, at some point in time, your spirit your um, and your subconscious are going to say something here is wrong. I need something more yeah. than this. And Well, so my kids with the endless thing of YouTube, right? Like, so we're not even including YouTube in all of this. I just, okay, here's, okay so I have HBO Max, Warrior Poet Society, Netflix, Disney Plus. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I have um, Disney Plus too. One? Sorry. Yeah, we've got that forever. Prime Video. Which just come Prime Video is it's funny because these there are these services that just come with you know and I don't feel like oh I gotta go get this like Prime Video and uh, HBO Max just come with uh, I bought a new laptop so it just came with Apple TV but I've liked a lot of the Apple TV shows there's a couple new ones that I want to watch there's like a dinosaur one with the kids and stuff but I don't I don't but, think the um, pro- I don't think the problem is the quality I think the problem is just the the sheer the quantity that people are watching today. yeah. Yeah, But then I'm saying, like, on top of all these types of streaming services, you then add something like a YouTube and a TikTok and, a, to the lesser extent, your Facebook videos. Mm-hmm. And you have all that, and it becomes insane, right? Well, and, and then, you, and then you, you know, things like Spotify, where it's just this constant noise, mm-hmm. there's constant stuff. I think this is one of the reasons why there's actually been a rise in the sale of CDs. Yeah. They're actually starting to make somewhat of a comeback. Now, I don't think it's going to be anything close to what it was in, in the past, right. but Kevin Hyder and I have been on a bit of a – well, and he's, he's, he's leaning hard in, in, into this, but uh, he's kind of got me around to the idea of how, you're right, CDs are better. I still think vinyl sound – now, I – 
Say that again real quick for the kids. CDs do, I don't want to say sound better. They do, it's uh, better than, than streaming, and they're more appropriate for modern music listening. <laughs> thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I An age-old argument. Streaming versus vinyl. I still think vinyl oh, sounds nice. better, but we've done some testing. Him and I, and he's done even even more than I have. You're going to obsess. This is going to be insufferable. I'm done. I'm done. I won't do any podcasts. are just turning it. No, 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 no. I think it's hilarious. Podcasts are just turning into uh, uh, morning radio. Uh, it, yeah, um, you're welcome, ladies. Oh, we're coming up here on uh, traffic hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. I just. I think there's only so. Like after a while, do you just want to like? Would you rather just hear? And just a total random mix of songs over and for I mean this, this has been happening for a decade plus now, or would you want an experience of the of a whole piece of art? Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this: when it comes to there, there's another component that I think is eye opening that maybe a more libertarian minded person like me would harp on. Let's be honest: which is this. former I'm libertarian minded. Libertarian yeah, yeah. leaning. Sometimes no, you get the liber- itch. Post, li- post libertarian. Oh, here's I'm the thing that's also fun. Um, <laughs> at, at like uh, like Notre Dame, after you've been drinking, maybe it's not a best idea to bring up how you have a soft spot for Catholic monarchies. <laughs> <laughs> You're an effing integralist. I'll kill you. Uh, Otto von Habsburg was a wonderful man. Um, <laughs> I said that. that was I'm argument. sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. I'll never forget Elizabeth's face. She was just like, what? And I was like, and, okay, we're just going to back up out of this. Now, and then you just run that. to Patrick Deneen's office, who's at Notre Dame. <laughs> I think he's at Notre Dame. Save me, integralism. And you dive into his anti-post-liberal arms. Um, it's a good sub-stack, sub-stack to read. Is called post-liberalism. It's really good. Um, but no, the other libertarian-leaning thing about it all is the... Uh, idea that like you don't own anything and there mm-hmm. there's tons of stories in the media of people who like get their account hacked and people do illegal things with it and then apple bans their apple id so you lose everything oh, yeah so think about this yeah. everything you've ever purchased on apple tv to download like all the movies much. yeah yeah, I mean, like, I have downloaded almost the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thank you for coming around after Phase 3 uh, Disney+. Plus. Um, yes, but I've, I've owned, I own all this stuff, right? And um, we went through, and I started looking at all this stuff, and it's like you, the actual user, end-user license agreement is you don't own this. As long as you subscribe to the service, you have access to this stuff. And I'm like... Then why am I paying twenty dollars for a movie? I now own it. You give me, give me, give me. Mm-hmm. It's like no, we'll we'll give you the privilege of downloading it, but it will desire its its um, digital copyright stuff will seek to make sure that the digital watermark is still matched up to an active account. If it's not, it won't play it. And you're like, holy crap! So now I'm driven to illegally download something because you guys are screwing up with my service. So if you get kicked off for even illegitimate reasons, you paid money for that crap. So songs, you don't own any of that. Yeah. Half my iTunes library that I paid money for, it no longer, even though I've only used one Apple ID since before there was an iPhone, right, for iTunes stuff where I bought all my music. It's funny, like, we don't even think about non-streaming times, right, when it comes to music, but... Uh, I have tons of songs that I paid for on iTunes. 99 cents a song, a buck 29 for the higher quality version. 
half of them don't even populate in my library when I try to get them and re-download them and have them on my local machine. Mm-hmm. And so you start to think about this and you're like, okay, so everything I have is rented. This is the thing that's been pissing me off lately. Everything is a service. Everything is a subscription. You don't own anything. And there's a, a famous uh, headline that said, in the future, you will own nothing and like it. Hmm. And I started thinking, huh, hmm. yeah, like all, maybe every single day, all, air, all, um, all uh, what do you call it, Uber to work. Yeah, it might cost me a fraction of car ownership, but at the end of the day, I don't own anything. That I'm not opposed to. <laughs> I am because I love driving and I love driving nowhere and I love driving somewhere That's and I love point. driving myself and I, but I get it. I get it. 98% of the time of owning a car, you're not, it's sitting parked somewhere. Why not? You know, whatever. I get all that. Well, but then there's this certain thing called autonomy or freedom yeah. and all that stuff is gone. And so you begin to look at this stuff and you're like, you're soft, like Adobe, all that stuff. You don't own that. You are renting their software. The most important Multimedia production software in the world, Adobe's Creative Suite, is something you rent for the rest of your life. Yeah, you get infinite upgrades, but also you don't own it. So instead of paying once and having a thing you own, so CDs, I know people, they say that they will not buy a single thing unless it's a Blu-ray. Like, they will never, so they have stacks and stacks of Blu-rays because they love movies, but they will never pay, they will rent streaming, but they will never buy and then I see John Wick 3, and I'm like, bye. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, I want it now. I'm old. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, it, I, and I, I wonder, like, what is this doing to us? Like, so yeah. one thing that's, that's huge that happened while I was at, while I was um, at um, Notre Dame, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I'm studying at the greatest Catholic college in the country. Is, uh, so... I know you're not a huge sports ball guy, but uh, something major happened where uh, it came out that UCLA and USC are joining the Big Ten in college football. Well, I mean, all their sports. This is a major deal. This is a major, major, major deal. And 10 years ago, there was, I forget who it was. I think it was maybe the head of the Big 12 said there will be two conferences, ESPN and Fox. And that's actually what's happened. Fox has the Big Ten. ESPN has the SEC. Man. And so what you have are freaking corporations own and everything major. So like at Notre Dame, they are the one of the few big team, probably actually the only big team that's not in a, I'm a conference. They have, they have a contract with NBC for 25 million a year. Guess how much these teams in the big 10 are going to be getting per year. What? $100 million each team. So if you're Notre Dame, how can you say no to that? Now keep in mind, I think this is actually really important. That's only I heard this from the SVP uh, SVP. Holy crap. I'm, I'm tired. I heard this from the VP um, uh, um, uh, 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 of like finance at Notre Dame. That's only 10 percent of their revenue. It's not as big. It's not as much as, as I think some people make it mm-hmm. out to be. But still. So much of that money goes back into the school. It's not taxed because it gets it's part of their mission. It goes to some of it is, wow. but it goes into the school. Like it, they, it helps pay for a lot of things at the school besides besides like football teams. If you have a responsibility to to your school to help fund all these academic and all these other extracurricular activities, how do you say no to that? Yeah, it's actually irresponsible to. I mean, you you could make that argument. Yeah, I and mean, it's like us selling to. Uh, we wanted to sell to homeowners right human beings but instead we sold to a corporation 
because people were offering us 80,000 less than what our home was worth mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. what other people had already made cash offers on. It's like, I think you people are destroying the American neighborhood, but it almost becomes impossible for me to say, nah, <laughs> yeah, like that's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and I, and one of the things that like I've talked about this is, is this demand for content. It's actually going to kill college football and what makes college football yeah. fun. Cause what's fun about it is it's, it's actually, I think, one of the things that we have in common with European soccer, where there's such a cultural, um, rooted identity, um, identity to these teams where they take on the persona of their schools, obviously, and of their yeah. geographical areas. And there are these deep roots where it's like my family's been going to these games for decades. And I'll never forget the. I actually read this in the book, um, or in the in the book Rudy back uh, when the film came out. Like the one part of the book that actually uh, I actually <laughs> remember it was kind of boring. And I stopped, but uh, it the dad said like, "Well, like Notre Dame won, it was a victory for all of us Catholics." Yeah, you know, and, my parents absolutely felt that way. Yeah, my parents the, absolutely mm-hmm. felt that way in the fifties and sixties. And that's I always tell people, my dad would only feel would only be proud of me if I went to three places for college: Notre Dame, Penn State, or seminary. Hmm. Hello, Francisco. <laughs> oh, Penn State Gym. Uh, so that is a deep cut right there. That's a deep, deep cut. That is. Uh, that Jesus is. Christ. <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, you, I mean, like, you're right. Like, I I was, um, my son Noah is now a fanatic for um, the, what do you call it, the English Premier League. Mm-hmm. And um, he has memorized every is. player on all the major teams. Him and his son, or him and his brother, him and his, son, him and his brother debate um, which team is better, you know. And I was like, "What's your favorite team?" And he goes, "Dad, what do you think my favorite team is?" And I was like, "I don't know, Manchester United." And he goes, "No." And I go, "Man City, no. Liverpool, no." And he goes, "Well, it was a first match." And he starts naming off. He probably named off six teams, and he ends with Arsenal. Oh, and, he could have uh, done better than that. Well, it's because he likes some one individual player or whatever it is. Their backup. But the funny thing is, was um, a U.S. goalie, Matt. Carlisle. Yeah, the- <laughs> Carlisle loves that. Um, so we were talking, and he and I was thinking about the conversation that you and I had, um, and then the dark time happened, and you abandoned me. Um, but no, we were talking about uh, the how the Saudis and and all these like rich. Saudi princes, people who aren't the home team of these teams are buying them, you know, and uh, the Emirates, you know, you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, and, oil states. Yeah. And it, he was yeah. like, I was explaining to him like, well, they're no, they're kind of sort of no longer home team. They're now owned by like, this is the thing that I think is like, this again goes back to my homeboy, Alistair McIntyre, who taught at, man, what was that school that he taught at? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But his whole thing is like there's internal goods of excellence to a sport, and then there's external goods, money, mm-hmm. fame, power, prestige. Mm-hmm. And he said those things, the external goods can be had anywhere. The internal goods are only inherent to that practice. But his point was the external goods might be necessary to maintain the institution, but they can quickly corrupt the institution. And you're like, soccer, football was better when – it was the local guys and it was the home team. And it was like, you could feel this kinetic energy in terms of like the, like this is our team. Mm-hmm. 
but now it's not. It's a it's a it's a corporation. Every single entity yeah. is a global corporation. They're a global brand. You know, it's interesting. It's it's there still in certain regards. Like, I mean, I hate to say this, but I think it's definitely there with a team like Everton. You see that with certain people, but even that, their owner, it's it's a little bit weird. But and, and a team. But what's happening like to the, them is what's happening to college football teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's so much money to be made there, and and even a team like. Liverpool that like you know especially uh took on some real uh, socialist uh, roots in the during the 20th 20 during the 20th century really they try to like the coach tries to speak to that at times but it's more just like lip service and yeah. it's because there were times where those things were like deeply a part of these clubs where it was like we are we are uh like socialist club or we are the catholic club like I'm Celtic and Rangers they were the catholic club hmm. and um, Rangers was the Protestant one out out in Scotland, and it was a deep, dark rivalry. And it still <laughs> is, but it doesn't have the. It's, yeah. it's it's just it's more like the um, remnants of it. And I think what what's happening is this demand for content is kind of destroying the reasons why we love this, or it could destroy. Like we don't know yeah. um, on what's going to happen. There's a great article by Will Leach on college football. So, hey Noah, I got a question for you. What is your favorite English Premier Soccer team? Um, Arsenal. And ah. still, it's still Arsenal. Mm-hmm. What did it used to be? Arsenal. It was always Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Well, we're just saying you like Manchester United and well, I like Manchester City. Or Liverpool. Manchester City. No, Manchester. Everyone likes. As, ask him if he's excited about Matt Turner. Mm-hmm. Are you excited, Noah, about Matt Turner? He doesn't know what that is because we don't he's watch the, it all the he's time. He's a backup um, right. goalie who's American. He's a backup goalie for Arsenal. Who? Arsenal. Matt Arsenal. He has no idea. Uh, Thomas, uh, who's your favorite soccer team? Whole City. Owl, what city? What? Whole City. And that's is that the team you always play when you're FIFA 22? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> I expect them Love to avidly you. watch the uh, U.S. men's national team in the World Cup. What's that? I expect them all to just um, live and die by the World Cup come November. Yes. And you know the World Cup is coming to Houston. Ah, it's not coming to um, Cincinnati. It breaks, my little, it breaks my little Catholic heart. Well, why, why would it? Have you ever been to Cincinnati? Did you hear about your new racist police officer? <laughs> no, hear? what happened now? I watch all these... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a woman who was in a car line, uh, like a school car line, and she's a police officer, and her body cam picked up her just screaming, like muttering to herself, F-bombs and racial epithets. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Good Lord. She was just pissed. She had to wait in line, and then all of a sudden she became a racist. Anywho. All of a sudden. Anywho. Uh, yeah, and it, um, again, like, what happens when, what is this going to do to us? You know, and I, I just it makes me kind of bummed because yeah. I think roots and identity and who you are and like this stuff matters. And if we're just like if we're just um, living in, it's not that sports is fantasy, but there is an element to it where you can feel these you get these incredible highs and these incredible um, lows that don't really matter. And they're fun yeah. because they do matter at the same time to me. I believe with John Paul too called it the most important of the least important things. <laughs> you know but what a great line yeah you know, it, it yeah. is but like it, what happens when it like actually when it, um when like you don't have any important things 
And so now you turn to like, I'm this, but this is just a shell of what it was. What does that do to the human person? Yeah, I think the commodification of everything is dangerous. And it goes, Mm -hmm. Patrick Deneen, his his big thing was um, in, in his book, oh gosh, I can't even remember the title of his book, but his whole thing was you have a coin. On one side, it's statism, and on the other side, it's corporatism. And they're two sides of the same coin. And what they want to do is destroy your past, destroy your rootedness so that they can give you your identity. Mm-hmm. And Sean, right in the in the chat, he's nailed it. We need those traditional sources of identity, place, family, religion, where we fall into the incoherence of self-identification and or yeah. the rage of radical politics. And, like, that's Deneen's thing is, like, that's right where the state and corporations want you because they, they, can, they can sell you an identity. Corporations can or the states can enforce it. And it's bizarre because um, the more rootless we are as cosmopolitans, the more susceptible we are to the to the national or the global and the less susceptible we are to the local. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. It's the exact opposite of human history. Mm-hmm. Did you have this experience in Europe where all the cities at times felt like just the same thing? Yeah, like not not in terms as in like this could have been out in Houston or it could be in I'm just yeah no in America all the cities feel the same but like I mean even in Europe there were certain times in some yeah. of the bigger up cities where it's like now it's I think it's not as common as some people uh, made it out to be but I do remember having that thought of like oh I get this like this is like there are there is an aspect of certain cities where it's all just kind of the same thing everyone's got a hard rock and uh, <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, there's a thing I so I was reading about Johnny Cash's TV show. Don't ask me why, but I was. And have you heard of of um, Rural Purge? It's really in interesting. Of, uh, in terms of industrial revolution stuff. No, no, it's a television okay. thing that happened in the early 1970s, particularly um, on CBS. Okay. They basically Rural purge. Mm-hmm, they canceled. I'll, I'm going to put it in uh, the chat. Um, they canceled all of these rural shows, all these shows that took place or were for rural audiences because they saw that the broader audience tended to skew more urban. So shows like the Beverly Hillbillies or other things like that, uh, the Johnny Mayberry, Cash show, Beverly Hillbillies, Green Acres, anything that took place that had a little bit more of like, I, I hate to say wholesome values but appealed more to those almost sensibilities yeah or took place in in in, in rural areas they um they um canceled all of all of like these shows and they lean heavily urban and now think about how many shows we watch that take place in modern time or in the past hundred years that take place in in completely in rural areas like there i can't think of any and so, and you had shows like the Johnny Cash show, which people called was almost like a one oh, it was like country music one oh one, but like the real stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's back then when it's all just the r- real stuff. But it's and <laughs> there was just CBS, CBS canceled everything with a tree in it, including Lassie. <laughs> a quote from Pat Buttram, Mister Haney on Green Acres. <laughs> and and here's the thing: like I love cities. I would prefer to live in a city than to than yeah. to live in a, um, a rural area. But there are things about a rural area that are good. Yeah. And when your culture just decides to really ignore all of that, what does that do? like? Is that, is it any shock now that no one wants to live in um, a rural areas? Well, you have that Wendell Berry push of like. 
like your food comes from somewhere and the mm-hmm. fact that most people most of the time don't even think about it let alone worry about it let alone yeah. care about the people who produce it is yep. dangerous for a civilization mm-hmm. and i really do that's the thing that's most attractive to me about agrarianism and homesteading and all the fun youtube things that are all fake um <laughs> the things that make me feel good oh yeah now i got the kick of, of like actually having um, a, a chickens without doing any of the work <laughs> but the the thing about it is like the more we ignore where our food sources come from and all this, you know, the great Wendell Berry line from uh, the world consuming fire. He says to, to consume things in an age of abundance, to consume abundantly in an age of abundance is madness. And the idea being like, Hey, look, we have, you know, it took 50,000 years for America to have this kind of topsoil and we ripped through it in 10 years. Right. Or we rip through it in five decades or something like that. We don't think about in the industrialization of the food economy. Like we don't think about it. All it is is serving urban people and their need to have fresh chicken now. Right. And we don't think about these things and the costs and the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And I'm super thankful for all of those movements of sustainability and ranching and all that stuff. Um, But a lot of our laws, all famous, all all, um, favor the Tyson type companies these mega corporations that write the laws their lobbyists pass the laws Mm -hmm. and they sound good on paper but it's all whitewash right and it just does nothing but punish the local small business and it is shocking to me how much of u.s law comes into being that way it's like oh we gotta get these oil executives in line and the law was written by the oil executives they were just there to destroy the you know the six to you know one to six percent oil companies that make up the market, you know, hundreds of small oil companies. Yeah. They just decimate them and then Exxon comes in and buys them after they're and a shell. I think it's important to note that like I'm not saying that when that like these rural areas are perfect. I mean, far right. from it. We can name a lot of right. things like lynching that happen in like the like on rural south. That's some of the most atrocious things that anyone has ever that we've done in um in our country. And I just it's um Yeah. It uh but it doesn't mean that rural areas themselves are bad you know there's horrible things that that have happened in urban areas as well like there's a real there's an alienation that can happen there's there's all the stuff there's kind of a there's a real darkness to the like everything has I, i guess here's here's my point everything has its darkness everyone has a darkness to them the evil is unfortunately a part of our world there's no escaping it until the end of time. Now Christ can like bring um, healing in Christ, but it's always like, I love that line in the Lord of the Rings where it's like, or is it Harry Potter? It might be Harry Potter where it's like, <laughs> you're always fighting. You're always, you're always trying to keep it at bay. Like, yeah. and that's why you fight. Cause if not, it can, you know, over like overwhelm you, but it's not the only thing, but it does have yeah. to continually be like be fought, and it's ne- like it's never really going to end until time itself ends. And vigilance, Harry, vigilance. When you um, when you just dispose of these things because we don't, I'm, I'm not saying that's why people are doing that, but if we get rid of this stuff and we don't kind of ask ourselves, what's the cost of this? What am I losing now that I'm going here? If I'm going to move from my family, and I'm going to move across across the country because I want to be in a city and now i want to have my kids there do you know that now you probably have about a month left with you like your parents yeah you'll see them for about um, 30 days and that's gonna be it 
Yeah, it's wild when you start looking at the time mm-hmm. and that it's like, okay, I see my in-laws twice a year uh, for three days and then I have to go do a worky work jobby job. And, you know, it's like, yeah, wow, I will maybe see them for 30 days until they die. And that's mm-hmm. weird, mm-hmm. but it's true. Yeah, it's true. And this is why that whole rudeness conversation. So, okay, can I, uh, can we change, uh, change tones for a bit? No, 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 let's just continue to exhaust this. Oh, okay. Beat a dead horse. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. We're selling sawdust, Luke. We're fencing at windmills. I love it. Sounds good. Can I ask you a question? You ready? Yeah, of course. What are you reading? Nothing. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, what uh, historical biography about American <laughs> Revolutionary War heroes <laughs> are a, you reading? I have a leadership book that I am almost into where historians studied uh, FDR, Theodore, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, all Abraham the Roosevelt, Lincoln, and George Washington. And it's uh, really fascinating. So nice. it's called Leadership Something Something. And then there was a book I was reading as well. Oh, um, The Brothers Kamazov or something, however you pronounce it. <laughs> Karamazov. I'm, I'm trying to do that again. So Nice. Uh, yeah. What about you? Uh, okay. So I am reading. I'm finishing The Genesis of Gender by Dr. Abigail Favale. And I'm starting a new book on atonement by... Uh, Margaret Turanka, Turek. I don't know. I just got it because mm-hmm. Dave Van Vickle said you won't be able to put it down. But I'm going through the audiobooks of the entire series of The Forgotten Ruin where the U.S. Army Rangers go 10,000 oh, years in the future. Gosh, and so... it's a Dungeons & Dragons I thing. I thought you finished because, because Brian – I'm all caught up to the current to the current book. But um, Brian Greenfield, who's a big fan of the show, also Steubenville conference speaker, also an amazing oh, human person. He's really nice. I remember – He's we, awesome. We talked to him at Seek, right? We had lunch or something. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. He is awesome, 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 blossom. If you need someone for a speaker for your anything, he's the man. But um, we were talking, and he's like, so I started reading the books, and I love them. And I'm like, yes! And he's on the third one. So I decided, you know what? I just finished the last one. I'm going to go back, because I read the first one when the first one came out, and I just kind of kept up with the series. I never, like, and I just blew through them. Now I'm like, I'm going to take a nice and slow, baby. And I am, and I love it ten times more. I love Everything about it, it is awesome. Nice. So I'm going through those fiction books. What's a television show that you're watching that you love? The Sopranos. Uh, I, someone actually, I can't remember what, he had a great argument for why I should pick it back back up on our Patreon. Because I was like, I can't deal with this. It's, it's, it's too dark. And he was saying there's something about it from an Italian perspective that's very important to watch and, and understand what they're nice. kind of saying about, like, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation italians and also I, I think one of the things that's interesting about the show is it's about a group of people who want to get better but never really try yeah, yeah. it's there like it's then you can kind of uh, see it but yeah. there's always just like they can't i mean a lot of guys are pretty evil so there's that um but it just there's it's i think in and i think on mad men tells somewhat of like a similar story where it's i think in the Sopranos seems like it just kind of gets darker and darker and darker because as much it's like what happens. It I, f- I feel like the Sopranos is about the road to hell being paved with good intentions. Yeah, totally. Where Mad Men's about uh, it's it's about a show about a person who um is willing to go so far to try to change, but the, it, it's it's almost like actually kind of going back to what, what we we're saying before. I think in Mad Men, in Mad Men. Don Draper, he can't help but change because he's his 
like his i think his nature is revolting against his sin to a certain extent mm-hmm. and he's almost driven because he'll he'll actually like take a huge step ahead and then like two steps back yeah and it does in my opinion end actually on a somewhat happier note i mean i know how all of the sopranos ends everyone does i just don't know like what i'm about two and a half seasons i think i'm on season four and there are six seasons so um and i know this i've heard that that in the sopranos just kind of gets up darker and darker where i think in mad men actually it doesn't necessarily get better it doesn't get better i mean but he does like progress though you see he's, he's actually trying without saying that he's trying yeah I, uh, yeah, it's so funny. There's, there's no individual show other than the Warrior Poet Society, am I right? That I'm watching consistently. But I did permanently scar my children's psyche by having them watch The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> what were you doing? Well, okay. In my defense, I forgot how dark <laughs> Snyderverse gets, and I forgot how dark Nolanverse gets. So you showed them Snyderverse, and I'm like, wait, wait, let's watch this. Oh, crap. So we watched Batman Begins, and I had them close their eyes every time, uh, what's his name, uh, Scarecrow, Scarecrow poison people, you know, and you get the crazy visions. So I, I knew when to, like, I would mute it and tell them to close their eyes, like, oh, okay, here's the scene, here's the All scene. All right, see, I'm okay, a good parent. Nobody, I'm a good parent. Now watch him kill that guy with a train. Um so then then we watched they had seen Superman Man of Steel whatever it's called and then I was like you guys have never seen Batman versus Superman. I was like let's watch the extended edition. So we took about 2 days and Is we watched good? the extended edition and they were like eh, okay I like that. We didn't hate it. You got to watch the extended edition. The the theatrical release was terrible. And so we watch it and it's still terrible, but uh <laughs> we did that. And then I'm like, okay, you know, Superman's always brooding, a little bit dark, but whatever. And then the next movie was Justice League. And I thought, well, we're not going to watch the original Joss Whedon crap fest. <laughs> we're going to watch a black and white version. No, no, I didn't do Justice is Gray, <laughs> but did I did do the great. Snyder Cut. I did the Snyder Cut, mm, which cut is the same thing as Justice is Gray. It's just not in black and white. Yeah. So... We did the Snyder Cut, I'm artsy. and we watched an hour a day for four days. I <laughs> hour a have day? Because pro- I have priorities. It was at night, after dinner, after prayer, and I was like, okay, guys, let's watch. All right. So we would put it on, and Holy I forgot time. the Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut's rated R. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this rated R? And then, of course, Cyborg, every five seconds, like, F this, F that, F this, F that. And I'm like, son of a gun. So I'm like, every time Cyborg talks, I just mute it. Um, and then I was like, oh, he chopped that parademon's head off. Oh, he impaled that pair. <laughs> Kids, you know what? If this is scaring you, you should probably leave the room. So I'm just, <laughs> but I'm not going to stop it. And then, so we watched that and then we fine. stopped. He's <laughs> like, more blood. <laughs> um, so then we go through and we stop watching TV for a little bit or stop watching. And then it became Friday and that's Pete's Gormley family movie night. Yeah. So I was like, why don't we watch The Dark Knight? I was like, all like any. I said, and the kids didn't want to. So this is what I said. I'm like thinking back. I'm like, this is so stupid. I said to them, "Well, what if we just watch on YouTube 
or in the movie, the famous bank robbery scene of the Joker. Oh my God. Because I was like, in my head, I was like, there's no blood, even though there's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and, and so they're going. And so they, right. The guys go across it the room. It's a complex, they, terrifying idea. Kids enjoy. Well, so the, here's the, this is what I learned. This is what I learned, Luke. They can deal with Marvel violence because these are inhuman monsters doing shooting laser yeah. beams out of their eyeballs or yeah. something. But when a guy <laughs> is talking to another guy and then just shoots him <laughs> with a silencer, with a silencer. Well, my kids, they were like every time. One of the robbers, you know how in the in the beginning, right? Yeah, one guy yeah, kills yeah. the next guy who one, kills okay. the next guy. One of the dudes who gets killed is the older brother from Blossom. Not Joey Lawrence, but the other one. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Uh, so the guy's on the roof. He's like, it's really weird. They're dialing out to a private number and not the police. And he's like, is it done? Yeah, we're done here. Boom. And I look over at my kids and my kids look at me and they're like, why do you do that? <laughs> and I was like, because uh, bad people are bad. And then the next thing, the guy's like drilling into the vault and it zaps him and he gets back and he drills in the vault. He's like, hey, where's the other guy? And he's like, uh, the boss man told me to 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 shoot him whenever uh, he got his job done. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he opens up the vault. and He goes, he told me to do the same thing to you. And he shoots the guy and the kids just look at me and I look at them. And we're like, and they're <laughs> just at staring that. at me like eyes wide open. And they're like, what just happened? And I'm like, kids okay now they pretend to be friends they weren't friends now they have a bigger cut of the money that's why they're incentivized gotta get that money yeah what's yours (laughs) the last scene is where he's like oh i'm sure you're supposed to kill me too and he's like you know that's the bus i kill the bus bus driver driver. yeah and then he gets hit by the bus and they're like oh (laughs) they keep looking at him and i'm like Oh shit, this is really messing with them. Anywho, keep going. This is a great scene, kids. <laughs> so we just keep going. And they loved so much of it. They love so much of it, except all the scenes with the Joker in it. Yeah, a little dark. It wasn't a little dark. It was mind effing horrible. <laughs> at one point, I look over at them and they're like, What is he? What is he doing? I was like, Guys, you don't see anything. He, I know he's got the knife in the guy's mouth. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like going covering my kids' eyes. I'm like, I need to Listen, cover your guys, eyes, but I need to see this part as well. So if we could just kind of, you know, if you can try to hide your face a little bit, I'd appreciate it. Listen, I know I'm such a religious zealot. I would never let you go to public school, and I forcibly homeschool you. However, we are watching this shit right now. This is Open the most your eyes. This is what evil my is. kids sing ever. <laughs> Listen, kids, lunch break from homeschooling today. We're all going to watch The Dark Knight Rises. Doctors, I should have read it you. <laughs> Watch <laughs> the keys. Uh, oh my gosh, that's great! Yeah. And the funniest thing was, we watched um, a couple like funny YouTube videos that had nothing to do with anything Batman related. But in both of them, the next morning, it was like Saturday morning. They're watching Mariah Elizabeth, which is like their favorite. This woman who uh, does all these like painting and drawing and stuff, these cute little sketches. And there was a line in there where she goes, "Why so serious?" And the kids go, "Oh, oh, oh." And I'm like, see, kids, that, that's an important character in American <laughs> cinematic history. You need to listen. It's, it's part of the great um, conversation now. Uh, can I do a rant that I've been really excited oh, to do for a long time? I'm you I'm can so excited. And then about we're this done. Rant. Are you? I know you're 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 so tired. I can tell. Poor poor Gomer. Frozen oh, doesn't make Gomer, any sense. You. 
Like no, frozen. not even a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to go on a huge rant here. This is not going to be anything about you know morality or any of that good stuff. Okay, first of oh, all, let me say one thing before you do. <laughs> Comment in the section. I forgot how dark it was. It's literally in the title, yeah. <laughs> The Dark Knight. Okay, go. Okay, so one, I kind of think the guy who like I know he's like you know. Uh, um, Okay, let me just start from the from from go. the beginning. From the beginning, these are horrible parents. These are horrible, the worst horrible. parents. Ever. They're the worst parents ever. Uh, so hey, you know what? You you got this power. Let's just isolate you completely, and mm-hmm. uh, we're just gonna cut off all human um, contact because you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then oh gosh, we're dead. Whoopsie. Uh, and then Whoopsie. you got the weird girl who falls in love with the bad guy, but the bad guy like is kind of like, hey, maybe I have a point here. Um, and then in the middle of when she of when uh uh what's the redhead name uh goes to what's the blonde here yeah Anna goes Elsa. to Elsa it becomes like a okay so it's a musical film in the sense that there are songs but for a scene it becomes a straight up musical where they're just singing at each other which doesn't happen yeah. any other time in the film it's a part where she, where she just goes can't control the curse like like that <laughs> and it literally i'm just like wait why are they doing this they don't do this any other time in the film it makes no sense <laughs> at all and she's like it's only getting only worse or something like that and it just it's just i'm like frozen doesn't make any sense it is a terrible terrible film that i am glad that so we got covid for a bit and i was and so poor everly i was like here here you go kid uh, Dark Knight or uh, <laughs> Frozen? I did watch The Simpsons with her. I was trying to do some female empowerment stuff. Aaron, Aaron, um, shut that down, which I can respect. And so uh, <laughs> it just, I'm just kind of like, man, I wish I, I, I had a, like a lot of notes on, on, on Frozen. Probably shouldn't have winged this. It just bothered me how like messed up certain parts of the film are. Yeah, tangled way. So back. I have a classic argument that I get in with Father Michael Schmitz. Heard of him. Father Michael, as I call him, not Mike. Um, no, we have a Frozen thing where he he always uses the song from Frozen as an illustration of moral relativism. No right, no wrong, no rules for me, now I'm free. And I was telling him, no, no, no. Inherent within the plot line, the right, the wrong was all about her social isolation by her parents. You're never allowed to use your powers. You're never allowed to be out in public. Mm-hmm. You're never mm-hmm. allowed to touch someone with bare skin or have your hands uncovered by gloves. And then the first time she does it, all of a sudden she starts, like, basically killing everyone in the world. Um, and a little uh, side effect they don't tell you. You know, yeah, she froze some boats. Uh, she froze the whole bay. Like, yeah, she, there weren't some children swimming in the water. People. She killed. No, she, she murdered definitely. People. Yeah, she asked people are yeah. dead because of her. It, it froze solid. And then she's fine living in her, her big tower creating demon monsters of ice. Yeah. Like, come on. She, like, this woman what? is a witch. She deserved to be burned. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of like... And like the and the guy that's all of a sudden bad just goes, "Don't become the monster that they think you are." I'm like, he's not wrong. <laughs> Is he wrong? <laughs> I don't think so. And that girl was uh, a little, got a little attached, got a little too attached. It's like, yeah. which of course, of course, she would because the parents. Yeah, the parents know, are horrible. They're a horrible, yeah. horrible. Yeah, parents. there was some some and the like Catholic gotta, commentator like, own this too. You can't just be yeah, like, oh, yeah. hey, girl, uh, don't do this. You're going to kill everyone. Well, see ya. Like, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit of training. Enjoy your powers, pubescent teenager. Yeah, like, maybe a little <laughs> bit of help. Like, let's just not, like, sleep for a bit, but then have a cute song, and everything's just fine because they're cute, and the snow guy just seemed to really, really like it. Hey, Come how on. about that line from the trolls where she said, where the female troll said something like, 
you know you're trying to change him, but people don't really change. I always thought that was like, well, that's kind of a cynical commentary on life. Like, because yeah. she's talking about the the kid, the boy, the man, the mm-hmm. the love interest, the guy, whatever the hell his yeah. name is. I I love that actor. He's in uh, uh, Mine Hunter, so Hamilton. Funny. Yeah, so funny. Yeah. But yeah. the the line she's like. The troll says about this kid that they basically raise as their own son. That she says, "Cause don't try to change him, because people don't really change." And I remember ever since I first heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, "Conversion, an entire religion built upon the idea of change." So maybe just uh, yo, people don't really change. All right, you cynical. Well, you know freak. what's funny? Do you, ah, man? Do you, I sometimes you were tired, so we can shelve that. No, it's fine. I was looking at my eyes to see if the light right here was, ca- and I was like, hmm. <laughs> so, uh, trying, trying to like align the, the light with your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's like just a problem. Like, if you take a purely scientific view of things, and maybe people can't change because it's all just like uh, um, neurons or whatever, and everything is just. But like, we have a whole history of people changing. Like, if you just view in terms of chemicals and whatever, then like maybe changes it. But like, I don't know. It, it, I just, it's just, it's so like nihilistic. I know it is. And oh, just, and Darby is giving us the real line. We're not saying you can change her because people don't really change. Oh, yeah, sorry, man. Darby. From the sorry. rural purge to let it go. I think me and Luke have just solved all of life's uh, yeah. big problems. The point so is, you're back. Are you back permanently, Luke? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Am, am I? Please, dear Jesus. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the thing about how hard it was for me and you to find people to interview, just when it was me and you and we had two people doing it, Yeah, that my co-host was people I was interviewing. It was the worst. It was absolutely the worst. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm back. Ugh. I'm back and better than ever. Guess uh, who's back? Back, back again. again. Shady's back. Hello, Guys, friend. Luke is back. You need to get Sorry. <laughs> Can we get some retro wave? Some time cop in 1983? Ooh, I can do that. Also, Maybe. you see this thing right here, Luke, that I'm pointing at with my finger? Mm-hmm. Boop, 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 mm-hmm. boop, boop. The Bishop Baron uh, Word on Fire. I shouldn't say Bishop Baron as if he makes them all. The Word on Fire um, Liturgy of the Hours books. Oh, cool that you got that. They're phenomenal. I pray more- the Liturgy of the Hours all the freaking time now. I love it. Well, I, I do too. I actually have all the books, the real books. Oh, Where's my copy of that? It's gross. Gross. Oh, hey, no, I pay know- for that. I pay for that. Shit. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Well, Out of my mind. own pocket. Never mind. It's Netflix, Warrior Poet Society, <laughs> and Bishop Barron's <laughs> you know what? I, you know what we love? Oh, I forget the name of them. What? I'm so sorry. What are those great uh, magnets they were a sponsor for uh, for a bit? Angie's Saints. Angie's what? Angie's Magnets. Angie's, Angie's magnets. Saint Magnets. Everly loves those. She loves those. <laughs> those are great. Those are really, really good. So we're big fans of that. The yeah. Oh, Darby, we don't care how good the other guy's beard is. Give us Luke. Damn. Oh, is his dude. beard better than mine, Darby? You know how oh, his, I am? Dude, your beard is horrific compared to his. Everyone's beard is horrific. Even Santa's. That yeah. guy had an amazing, Chris <gasps> Karsten's had an amazing beard. Uh, also, the guy at the bar at the linebacker said I looked, almost said I looked 39. And typically, people always say like a couple years. A couple years, I'm younger. So then I made him go grab his friends and ask them how old they thought I was. And they, and they said I'm 39 as well. And I died inside. I was like, is it because the gray is trying to come on, on the side? Is that it? They were like, and it's like no. It's the level of desperation. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been catching foxes. Check out our sponsors, BetterHelp.com, and other people because 
we need to keep running ads because we don't have enough downloads. God bless. <laughs> uh, it's it's diminishing returns. Mm, it's good to have you back. It's, thank you, sir. I, I miss you so. Um, I know there's people who are listening, but uh, we, you and me, need to talk with uh, the Crunch guys about um, some ideas we had in the past because they're going down um, a similar road. And um, they're deeply cynical and uh, filled with, um, I don't know, masturbation no, jokes. No, they, they just, they, no, they've got like a real like, hey, we can do some great, great stuff here. And nice. they're just young enough that they can take those risks. Cool. Well, God bless them. All right, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I got to go. I got to go. Right. I'm so tired. No go. All right. Lukey, I'll see you. I love you. Wait, 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 wait. Let's end on a positive note. So. Oh, everyone, I just want to let you know. I'm furious at Gomer for having the clean my space lady on. I wanted to interview her. I was literally going to call, going to email her and be like, can you come on our show at some point in time? Who? Uh, the clean my space lady. I was, <laughs> I was so upset about that. Oh, it was so awesome. I've been, I actually, it's a terrible been, show. It's doing terrible. <laughs> Ratings wise, it's doing terrible. I was like, did she not tweet this out? She has a bigger following than I. She's literally a million. Be- oh, wait. She's not going to be like on our YouTube channel. And Gormley interviewed me on Catching Foxes, <laughs> well, a religious we, show that I have yeah, nothing in common. If with. we had a Twitter account, we could have someone do that stuff. But I, I got a person that I spoke, with a, I spoke with a while ago who wants to do that stuff. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll chat. We'll chat. Yeah, we'll chit chat. Chit chat. 